Um, I just, just assume we would, because yeah. you know, big, big fight. Because um, we're about, I guess we can, I guess we'll start, but we'll just go into it because yeah, you know, we don't need an intro. I think we're kind of past introing things now. Um, because I actually forgot what episode this is. It's a Halloween special, though. Cue the spooky uh, music. Oh, hello, it's yourself. Welcome back to the Don't Spit the Technique podcast. Uh, just taking a short break to let you know this episode actually ran on a bit longer than we expected. We talked about UFC 254, Khabib, the GOAT, uh, MMA, and we talked about Halloween extensively as well. So we've actually split this one into two episodes. So this episode will, will just be about UFC 254, Khabib vs. Gaethje. Um, and then the next episode is all Halloween stuff. So if you hear some references in this episode, to Halloween, you can catch that in episode 13, aptly numbered, um, of Don't Spit the Tiny Podcast. But anyway, thank you for listening, back to the show, and if you haven't already, um, you know, give us a follow, a wee like, a wee subscribe, okay, cheers, happy Halloween. I'm going to say 12 is my guess. 12, yeah. I, I want to say we had 10. I definitely remember hitting the 10. I think oh, basketball is. was 11. It so was. I'm going to say welcome to episode 12. Welcome <laughs> to <laughs> season 2, episode 2. There you go. It could be if you want to. I, I remember for episode 10, I ran it. So every episode for the thumbnail for in the DSTT podcast text, I would always change the colour of it. And then I ran out of colours. So I thought, right, I need to get my finger at my bum and actually start making... Bob, a good thumbnail. You know what you need? I do love the colour chart. Ooh. There's more way more than ten out there. It's a, it's you know, it's a beautiful world. I was already pushing it with doing red for one and then a bright pink for another. It was very close. Mm. So Right, so you're the, trying to do it like um every single episode could have its own Power Ranger sort of thing. You know, they're distinct yeah, enough. Yeah. That yeah, was that's tough. That's tough, yeah. It was very tough. But you know, brown is not exactly a great colour for a thumbnail, you know. So, um, episode 10, we started doing thumbnails. So, yes, episode 10, you did the thumbnail. It was that awesome pick, the poke up artist with Steve yeah. and DC. And then you came along with your professional photos <laughs> and made me look like an amateur. Don't think I didn't notice. Nah, I'm so embarrassed. Good. I won't, I'll, I'll admit, it took me about 25 minutes to remember how to do or to figure out how to select things properly in Photoshop to add like yeah. the pixelate effect it, it took me about an hour and a half in Microsoft Paint so you know, <laughs> and I have yet to have a go at it and think I might sit in the sidelines for this we've all got different columns gained so much experience at this point you've far surpassed my abilities <laughs> the lord gives us different gifts Colin um, <laughs> now I was when Duncan gave us Duncan's been getting very good at the old Photoshop, and he's been getting very good at the old. I mean, you just heard the intro by now. I mean, how good is that? 
That's what your second thing you made in Audacity. It's already <laughs> way better than I've ever made. Right. The challenge is can, can we continue? Because that's two mashups in a row to start the show, and I don't think this is sustainable. <laughs> I might, might I say the second one has been a monster mash. Up. Uh, there you go. I like hey. it. I like it. Hey. Oh, yeah, you're gonna have to keep. You're gonna have to keep batting a high. You've set a high bar now, so your batting standards need to be pretty high now, Duncan. Every week that we do this, you're gonna have to sit back and, and get get a, a new intro going. That's fine. It's it's all contributing to my album anyway. <laughs> what well, what would you name your album? On the spot. Don't sweat the <laughs> the shed cheese. Yeah, we're going back. I'm oh, sorry, I put you on the spot there. No, um, okay. I think you've helped me out. I was uh, that's that's definitely the title. Good, good. Um, well, let me see here. Good, I'm definitely recording. Just making sure because I forgot last time. Um, well, Duncan, you've done two. So if you did 26 more flawless mashups, you could be the goat of podcast intro mashup songs, edits, I don't know what you'd call it that like our man Khabib is the goat of MMA with his oh, 20, 29 and 0 actually now, so I got the number wrong, so it's 29 and 0 now yeah. um, just trying to segue, we want to talk about we are. this is a Halloween themed episode cue the spooky music again but we are going to talk about um, Halloween and some of our favourite Halloween picks when it comes to the horror genre in a wee bit including uh, film and games and stuff but I think we want to talk a little bit about last night's fight. Um, UFC 254, Khabib versus Gaethje. I think it is pretty much the highest... I think it's the it's like the biggest fight they've ever done. Even bigger than the Conor and Khabib fight. Bigger than the Conor and Nate fight. Is that right? Yeah, well, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's difficult to say because there's no gate. Um, but they, right. they were saying yeah. on Twitter and, and that that it's the most kind of trending... Uh, UFC card that there's ever been it's had the most mentions what have you, so if, if that's if that's the metric uh, yeah, it's the biggest fight in, in MMA history, and it's, it's definitely up there anyway, either for way for sure, yeah um, man, so we didn't really get to pick I don't think we got to pick um, before this event, because we kind of did a, our last podcast a little while ago, before this one came around, there was a couple events before this one, Um did both? I mean, I, I I was really torn, but I did have Khabib winning in my mind. Did you guys pick Khabib before? Did you think Gaethje was going to pull it off? I, I picked Khabib. Well, I didn't really pick Khabib. I just you always assume Khabib because he's undefeated is uh, mm-hmm. asking all the questions, and you need to have the answers before you can think about beating him. So to me, it's like Khabib can't really not be the favorite. Right, uh, and I yeah. did I did pick him here as well. Yeah. What were you calling? Uh, yeah, I mean, similar. Just hard. It's hard to get over Khabib. Watching all of his fights, the um, over the last couple of years, um, yeah, it's just it, it never really. He's never. He's basically never lost a round, let alone a fucking fight. So it's like as much as Gaethje looked like he was going to be, <clears throat> by all accounts, a good matchup, um, in loads of regards. Um, it's just so hard to bet against him, like in mm. any sense. It's just. <laughs> He obviously, what and we're obviously breaking down the fight uh, through this, but like he finished in the ground, but it wasn't, he wasn't even in trouble. I would say he was dominant on the feet against Gaethje. That was the most impressive part to me. Um, so it's just like yeah, going in, 
as much as I kind of wanted to see um, Gaethje win, um, it was yeah, there was there wasn't really much hope from my side when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, we we could break it down a little bit because um, while we're not professional analysts, we certainly are amateur analysts, I guess, at this point, but. My, I, I'd been making my departed comparison. I've said it before. It's a, it's a dead horse at this point. But the end of the departed, when Mark Wahlberg's character shows up out of the blue and whacks uh, DiCaprio's character. No, not DiCaprio. I'm sorry. Matt Damon's character. Um, out of nowhere. That's how I always viewed Khabib. I always thought he's the guy in the background. You forget about, you know, when the, the big dogs are done fighting each other off, he's going to show up and just wipe out everybody kind of thing. Um, you know, so you're, how you always would get you that's how I always would, sorry that's how I always would get you I always thought he's the dark horse he's the guy you forget about but he's the most dangerous one and he's the one that will come out and talk in the end you know unexpectedly um, so leading up to this fight I kind of I still kind of thought that and I still kind of bought into the hype that UFC were putting out about his wrestling and stuff but it was about a day before and I thought nah like I realised I was buying into the UFC's hype machine I, I, I thought there's no way um all the stuff they were saying about he's never lost around and all that stuff. I've even said that too. But he has had some rough fights. Like He arguably lost his Gleason Tebow fight in his early UFC career. Now, you could put that down to uh, whatever went wrong in his camp or the, the weight cut. I don't know, right? But, you know, he's not infallible. So I did think, oh, well, I was quite torn. But I ended up picking Khabib and, you know, of course, came out on top. <laughs> it's, and like you're saying, Colin, it's probably one of the most impressive <laughs> performances I've seen from Khabib. Uh, I mean, finish them with a submission. I mean, yeah, it, it's because he, uh, I believe it was the end of round one. He got him down and he was sitting on him and he started going for the arm. I saw this armbar set up and I thought, no way is he going to try armbar Gaethje. And that was, that, and, was with, that was with about 20 seconds left as well. So like time wasn't on his side when he was going for it. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not... And when I saw that, I thought, all that hype about Gaethje's wrestling, as good as a wrestler Gaethje is, he's not really used it much in MMA. He's used it to stuff a couple of takedowns here and there, but he's never been, like... It's never been his thing, you know? So, and that and that means something. Like, of course, if I went out and wrestled Justin Gaethje, he'd mop the floor of men. You'd see how good he is. But when you're, again, when you're in high-level MMA, you know, if you don't use it, you kind of lose it, I think. I mean, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but... Like even guys like DC, you know, like he ended up getting in a stand-up war with Stipe when he's such a great wrestler. You know, like I, I really do feel like as much as a wrestler as you might have been in your prime, and as much as you could use it against most people, when it gets to that level, it's you know the difference is night and day versus like against someone like Khabib. But yeah, I saw the armbar set up, and I thought he's going to try and submit him. He's not even going to try and smash him. He's not going to try and hold him. He's just going to try and submit him. And then he went for the. I think it was a similar armbar set up before. It's from Mount. Um, transition to the triangle which is honestly it's like a jiu-jitsu 101 thing like when you're chaining attacks um, from Mount and Justin fell right into it and it must have been the, one of the tightest squeezes you've ever felt man because Justin was unconscious yeah it was that. it was so quick that was the thing that like floored me uh, not as much as obviously it floored Gaethje but um, I, I was just like fuck <laughs> like he was in on top <laughs> in the lock and then tap tapping within what six seconds and out within seven it was crazy yeah there was a bit of struggle he tried to pick him up couldn't pick him up yeah it was it was too much pressure in his neck um and you know, you're saying i think i saw a lot of people losing it because jason herzog missed the first taps 
But honestly, I don't, I don't blame Jason for that because if this is the biggest fight in UFC history, you do not want any doubt about if someone tapped <laughs> or not. So, I mean, I know you want to protect the fighters, but in reality, getting choked out, uh, it's not great for your health, but it's not the worst thing that happened to you. It happens to everyone in practice, you know what I mean? So, um, even Justin said after the fight, you know, I went for a little sleep and I woke up, I'm glad I didn't get brain damage instead, you know what I mean? Um, so I don't blame Jason for being like, is this a tap? Is this a tap? Yeah, is this well, a tap? It, what, the first one was quite frantic. It could have looked like he was just trying to get position on the leg. Like, the, it did look like he was grasping rather than tapping at first. Um, even mm. the commentators, I don't think, picked it up straight away. Like, they got, they got no. it in the second one, and then they were saying, oh, well, that was a tap before, but it didn't seem necessarily straightforward. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. You don't want to call that early and then have uh, Gaethje stand up contesting whether it was or wasn't exactly and as, as solid as a guy Gaethje is he probably would have admitted if it was a tap or not but yeah. you don't want any doubt mm. and and again like a triangle choke that stuff you see at lower level you don't get high level people getting caught in triangles Yeah. so to see Gaethje in a tri- even Jason must have been like whoa <laughs> like, hang on is he going to get out of this you know so uh, insanely impressive could be and I remember Khabib saying things like, you know, if Sambo was easy, it'd be called jiu-jitsu in his early career. And to see him just pull jiu-jitsu out the bag like that and submit, you know, the most dangerous... I thought... I did think on paper Justin was the most dangerous guy he's ever thought, you know. Um, and to be honest, Justin did great. He, uh, he got a ton of leg kicks in. Khabib yeah, did the react to them badly. leg kicks looked like they were hurting him, you know, um, particularly going into the end of the first. For sure. Um... But in, I mean, Khabib's chin too. I saw him catch a couple of hands and he still kept charging forward, even hit Justin with a couple. It was just like, where is this, man? Like, it, it, it yeah, the, like, the whole, uh, the whole like, that was another thing. I was I was watching it uh, with my other half and uh, I, I said this when I was watching it, like, um, I don't think she heard me, but I, I was just sitting, she was sitting watching something else. I'm sitting on my iPad, like, screaming uh, like an idiot. Um, <laughs> but I, I, was, I was trying to explain, like, uh, the leg kicks and then I was like I saw some of Gaethje's like like shots land like really well and Khabib's like march forward was like fucking talk about Halloween man man was a zombie no fucking feeling (laughs) just kept coming I was like yeah he's not losing this fight like it didn't look like the leg kicks were affecting him but anything up top just was was just water off a duck's fucking back yeah for sure for sure um oh it's a shame. I mean, I am fine with the fact he retired because he's kind of made this promise to his mother. He said in his post-fight interview about, you know, without my dad, I'm not going to do it. And he promised his mother that. And, you know, if he stays retired, that's fine with me. But it's also such a shame when you yeah, see someone yeah, yeah. that that good do things that are that just incredible in a sports and athletic sense, in a fight I, I, I think... It, I, on the retirement then boys I think we're I use in the same uh, or on the same page as me when it comes to this is probably it given the circumstances about why he's doing it because I, I I'm pretty sure we won't see him in the octagon again I'm I'm pretty sure too um I, I think I said to you in the chat afterwards that him he won and he just kind of you know went down into like a praying position almost but then just started bawling out like it seems like he's just been holding in his grief about his dad this whole time and fighting without his dad and to see him just in a silent there's no crowd so he's just sitting there silently in the octagon crying just crying his heart <laughs> after he's won 
from a man who never really shows him uh, shows emotion. You know, um, powerful, really powerful. Yeah. I, I couldn't. You know, I was I was getting emotional myself. I was like, oh my goodness, because my wife, she's a really big fan of Khabib too. So she started getting a tear in her eye. I was like, oh no, don't you start kind of thing. Um, I saw a lot of uh, yeah Michael Jordan comparisons on. Uh, Twitter and stuff like that because obviously when Jordan won his first championship it was uh, right after his dad had died as well Um, his dad I think was murdered Um, and yeah when he won the championship he went into uh, the locker room and there's just like an iconic photo of Jordan is him like on the floor just crying into the trophy and that was him he said like that was him releasing his emotions that he tailed in for six months leading up to it Exactly, man. I yeah. saw that picture talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we're all kind of conditioned to think that when someone in MMA says they're retiring, uh, it's never going to happen. Like how many times is, you know, Conor McGregor or, or someone like John Jones or even people that really should have retired, just came still back again come back, and yeah. again and again. You always just think that you you're not going to stay away, especially when there's so much money in it, and particularly like Khabib if they're kind of uh, still at the top of their game or even just getting better, but. Yeah, I did kind of feel like he probably won't be back because he is so devout when it comes to his beliefs, convictions, religion, It's a different, It's a different, so. different kind of cut um, or cut above other people when it comes to, like, all, all the people that have pretense in the sport. And one of the things that Khabib gets loads of credit for, just looking from the outside in, is his his values um, about fighting and what he brings to it and why he does it. Um there's no showmanship about him um, and yeah I think what you're saying Duncan when he says something like he probably means it <laughs> just based on he's one he's got nothing else to prove he's, he's beat everyone that was in front of him there's some arguments in the peripheral but to be honest you know 29 and 0 yeah. who's he gonna who's, who's gonna say he's gonna lose 30 uh, his 30th fight and yeah money obviously He's set for life with what he's made, and I don't think that was necessarily one of his main drivers anyway. So it's like I just don't see like Dana coming in with a fucking dump truck full of like money on his front garden being the incentive for him to come back, um, and <laughs> him putting you know doing it for his dad and putting his dad's name on his retirement. It's just like he obviously had a relationship with his dad that meant a lot. It was the reason he fought, all that kind of stuff. So it's like to come back after saying that seems like almost like just not not something he would do yeah i'd love it if he did obviously I think of course we would. would yeah i think we're all like yeah it'd be great he doesn't stick to his convictions but um <laughs> yeah probably the it's and it's it's tough because this is like the ufc's kind of biggest star right now um mm-hmm. like connor's kind of waned a lot uh john jones is on a hiatus uh getting you know, roided for for Kelly, supposedly. <laughs> you've, you've really just got after Khabib, you've got Adesanya as your kind of your your money fighter, right? Your your star, and um, and it feels like that might be it for the time being until until Connor's back, I suppose. Uh, so yes, you always hate to see you know people who genuinely have crossover appeal, because people in in my work talk about Khabib, people who don't <laughs> follow the sport in any capacity know Khabib like everybody everybody knows him. It's, it's good to have figures like that um, in the sport. So it's, it's uh, yes, it's it's tough. It's a it's a tough blow for multiple reasons. But ugh, good time to go out if you're going to go out. Yeah, absolutely. Even as uh, uh, one of the things I really appreciated about 
the whole thing was um, like after the fight. Obviously, um, John Anik was doing an interview, and a lot of times when fighters who are bilingual or trilingual, or in Khabib's case, I think he speaks five languages, um, they'll sometimes say things in their primary language, and then the last thing they translate. Khabib did about a, f- I mean, I don't know. I would say like a twenty-minute speech. That's hyperbole. Um, in reality, it was about maybe three straight minutes of talking, maybe two, in Russian. Or maybe Avar, the Dagestani dialect, I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, John Anik did not ask him to translate. I thought he easily could have ruined that moment by saying, oh, could you just could you tell us what that was? He just, John Anik seems to be a very aware dude and was like, let the man say what he wants to say it in the way he wants to say it and bow out. You know what I mean? And that, that really, I don't think there could have been a more perfect end. You know what I mean? Like, could have been a more perfect interview, could have been a more perfect performance. Um, one of the things I just wanted to mention about the fight was like, <laughs> it's it's when someone is so dominant, right? Like even like teams, like um, like even football, like watching like I don't know, at a time Real Madrid, Juventus. There's teams that, or even like in NFL, you've got like I don't know the Patriots who always win the Super Bowl and stuff. Like it's easy to kind of think they're always going to be the same, or they're always going to be oh they're beatable because they just do this. But we forget they just do their thing so well that that's what makes someone be. It's not because I caught this. I got kind of caught in this trap of thinking like, uh, Khabib always does this, and you know Justin's going to adapt. I didn't consider for a second, and I really should have that Khabib is going to adapt to Justin as much as his game plan is the same. We saw adjustments in this fight. Um, for one of the things I noticed, I watched a slow mo kind of replay of it today, and one of the things I noticed was. Um, Justin was of course throwing the leg kicks that was a big that was a very obvious part of his game plan and Khabib um, there was a point where Justin kicked his leg and Khabib as he's being kicked he still gets kicked really badly but he reaches down and grabs it turns it into yeah. a single leg and takes and that the was back. just before the finish um, yeah that was it in the second round yeah um, uh, that was the thing that impressed me the most because you can, you can see that he's actually he's not just doing his Khabib thing um, like both the way he got the takedown and the urgency and saying okay I'm you know taking sort of you know damaging my legs across the fight is have to go for a finish uh, sooner rather than later and not just do the usual ground and pound like you saw how smart he is as a fighter here as well um, and yeah. I, was, I was very impressed with that too even even drought the kick by throwing a jab that wasn't actually trying to land on Justin so I thought he's thrown out a jab knowing full well Justin's going to kick him and then he's going to grab his leg all like, oh my yeah. it's just it's a testament to like you're saying Duncan, the, the intelligence he has in the cage too he's not just some big daft smashing machine you know what I mean like he knows what he's doing and I actually also forgot how much swagger he can have in fights sometimes we didn't really see it in the corner fight that much because he was so like just pissed at Connor. he was more just shouting a lot saying talk now you know but in previous fights he's had a wee bit of swagger and I don't know if he's caught the bit where he was basically running after Gaethje and he pointed at his knee and then pointed at Gaethje's head and then just fucking kneed him in the face a second later. <laughs> like, he, like he called his shot. It's like, this is happening. Boom. You know, it was unbelievable. I thought, when I saw that, I thought, this is over. You know, I, and and he knows how to read his opponents. I know that everyone seems to know that Gaethje gets very, he's very hard to settle down. Like, he's very excited in the first round. He's got that problem he said before. He just loves putting on a show, loves just getting in there. And, um, the fir- I said as soon as that first round was over to somewhere sitting next to me, I was like, the first thing his coach is going to say is calm down, I'm telling you. And then a second later, Trevor Whitman was like, calm down to Justin. <laughs> I was like, see, 
because that's his main thing. His first round is always pretty chaotic, um, especially when he's under pressure. So I think Khabib knew that too. He thought, I need to get on this guy and make him make mistakes. And it was beautiful to watch, man. Just I think it's my favorite performance I've ever watched. And I just saw for free on the UFC YouTube page, uh, Anderson Silva versus Forrest Griffin, which is one of my other favorites. And it's just... It's just you watch guys like that, and you think there's like you're saying, Colin, a while ago, there's just another level. And I know it's a totally cliche thing to say, yeah. But there is, there's another level. There's an evolution all the time, and it's always about who's, who can pick that up, you know, who can really sense that and work on it, you know. I do wish he'd been shite, and it really flipped a win, or been, you know, Gaethje got DQ'd, so it wouldn't sting as bad when he retires immediately after, you know. But uh, no, he was he was fantastic. Um, yeah, and you think he's the he's now the the goat, Bob? Is that fair to say? <laughs> You're asking me. I, I I've, I've, I'm quite a big, big Khabib fan. My wife is too. But looking at it, um, trying to be unbiased, I do I do think he's the goat. Ne- he's never lost. Now look, here's the thing. Everyone's on steroids, right? I don't care who they are. I'm sure Khabib's on steroids. I'm sure Justin's on steroids. Because fucking look at what they do. Right, normal people don't do that, right? So um, the things they can do, yeah, I don't think you can do that without steroids. I really think maybe ninety percent of the roster are on steroids. That being said, John Jones has been caught, never lost. He's lost a DQ, right? But he's never lost. Fair enough. But he has been caught cheating. Khabib never caught cheating. GSP, another person in the run for the goat status, has lost a fight. More than one fight. Khabib, never lost. Um, Anderson Silva has, again, <laughs> caught for steroids and lost. Khabib, neither. You know what I mean? So Khabib and his and his title run, and people can say, oh, well, Khabib's wins aren't as impressive. I don't know what, they're, what kind of crack they're smoking when they say that. Conor McGregor, Dustin and Justin. You know what I mean? RDA. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, that, that could have been a criticism, like... Three or four fights ago, but I don't think you can see that anymore. No, it's just it's, no. it's too many killers that he's uh, he's vanquished. Um, yeah, G- GSP's sorry. Yeah, I was just going to GSP's done similar. I'd say his competition's always been really good too, but he has lost. Uh, John Jones, I wouldn't say his competition's been the same. I'd say some of his competition has been pretty shite at times, yeah. and is in the yeah, prime of his career. So that's why I think nah, Khabib is the man it's number one the only other per- and there's no one else for him to beat that's the thing who's he going to fight you could fight another contender like Charles Oliveira maybe you could fight Tony finally but after seeing Justin have nothing for him I don't think Tony has anything for him and it is MMA math to say oh well so and so beat so and so so they wouldn't beat so and so I know that fighting isn't just a simple equation but after seeing the beating Tony took I thought he's not going to beat Khabib you know there's the, the mythos around Tony's kind of gone for me, so I think he is the mountain goat, but he's also the goat, goat for MMA. What do you guys think? Do you think that's a bit harsh to the other guys on the list that could be up there? Like, even like Demetrius Johnson, who has lost, but still is like considered a goat. Um, do you want to go first, Um, I, I, My main thing I would say is I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, Robert, you made some really good points there. I, I guess I'd kind of always looked at John Jones as someone who I hated calling the GOAT within the sport, but like the Dom, oh, yeah. and someone someone that I've the, the person without knowing and without watching um, the sport 
for a long time and not really going back into the archives. The, the fighters that I have watched and seen, um, John Jones is the most like ridiculous for you know, unbeatability, which is kind of a key point that I would take into account when I'm saying who is the greatest. Um, however, Khabib's record and that, he, he falls into the same category um, and Jones does leave a bad taste in my mouth, so I kind of want to say Khabib. Um, <laughs> same, yeah, same. Yeah, so I think that would be where I'd stand. But to be honest, it'd probably be a toss up between the two of them. Um, that that's that's, that's where I would stand on it. And and GSP is is incredible, but um, I only really ever saw him when he came back, and it was nice to see him back. But I did, I've not got the the history with him as a fighter to really kind of judge him as as anything. Which he was is kinda, my ignorance, but <laughs> no, I mean you're new to the sport, and to be honest, like he was he was pretty big before I got into it, you know, and. Um, and he's had ups and downs. That's the thing. They both had ups and downs. Like George Jones has like arguably lost a couple fights, and he had you know yeah. the only one decision. Uh, GSP. I mean, it's kind of funny with GSP because he did come back and beat a middleweight yeah. champion, and you're like, yeah. well, that's pretty impressive, you know. That's but, good to have in the resume when it comes to this conversation for sure. That that's yeah. why that's why I threw his name in on my list. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's you're making great points. So. Um, I think it's going to be an ongoing discussion. It's never going to be just yeah. like set in stone. You're the best. That's it. Because there'll always be somebody else. You know, even like Israel Adesanya, if he can continue to just dominate, you know, undefeated, he could be in the contention too. You know, yeah, I mean, I I, I live uh, in in an ecosystem that debates, particularly just now, um, greatest of all time within basketball. I just mentioned Jordan, um, and yeah. LeBron just won his fourth title. Um, lots of people are now as they have done in the last five years throwing LeBron's name into contention for greatest of all time against Jordan you're going to have people on either side of the fence for the rest of time it's, mm. it's very much like this discussion completely um, individual perspective um, and whatever you gather you know I could take anything into my criteria when it comes to UFC and like I, my point there was that unbeatability when I've seen them at their best well that was Jones for me um true yeah. but it's my that's my criteria it might be completely different to yours so yeah it's it's all perspective but it's a fun discussion I I love being yeah. part of it particularly when it comes to basketball yeah they're certainly all on the list there are cert if there's a list of them of who it could be they're certainly all on there uh, Duncan, did you have any thoughts on who you think could be? Is it Khabib? Is it someone else? Um, I, th- I think it's probably at this point Khabib or GSP. Um, just because, like you said, Jones, he's a big dirty cheat. Uh, <laughs> My words exactly. Mighty Mouse, you know, great, but he's only really beaten Joseph Benavidez, and you, you, you just can't be the great <laughs> if that's the only person you beat who's that good man. You just can't. <laughs> Sorry, he's only uh, really beaten. He's only really ever beaten Megan Levy's husband. Yeah, I mean he bet Suhudo, but that was Suhudo point one, not Karate Suhudo, so it doesn't really count that much, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, Anderson Silva kind of tarnished his his legacy a little bit by, yeah. you know, fighting too long. So did Fedor. Uh, Silva's got the steroids. I think it comes down to could be even GSP. Um, GSP's got losses, but he avenged those losses. So I think he oh, kind of papers over the cracks there. Um, if I was Dana, I'd just be dumping a truck of money into both of their uh, back gardens to, to do the, as you said, Bob, the mountain goat fight for the ages between the two. <laughs> you know, just get, get that out of the way. That's a, that, that's a cracking fight. But um, probably one of those two. I, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. And I think people currently fighting will do big things uh, to, to get there. Uh, Adesanya, as you mentioned, I could definitely see. Um, 
but yeah, interesting, interesting discussion. I almost feel as though you could have a whole podcast episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, kids. But unfortunately, this is a Halloween podcast. We decided mm. to talk about this fight because and could be because um, it's just so huge, man. It's yeah. Uh, people we would be remiss if we didn't. Oh yeah. Yeah, you as a Westerner, you kind of forget how big the markets in the Middle East and Asia are. They're absolutely bonkers huge, you know. And those and those guys like Khabib are superstars over there. They're superstars here, yeah. and there's just even more people talking about them over there. So the markets um, in the Middle East are, are so big that we actually got this fight at a reasonable time. Uh, so thank you, thank hallelujah, you. thank yeah. you. I was really, I was actually so happy for you guys. I was sitting there going, man, they're actually getting to watch this live. <laughs> they don't have to like set an alarm for like six in the morning and wake up, but sitting there with your cocoa pops going, right, let's get this going. You know? <laughs> um, I was really chuffed you guys got to watch it live, man. Um, yeah, let, let more. It was good for more me. Be... Like, I, woke up at, I woke up at like, it start, the main event started at 11 a.m. and I thought, all right, you know, have a lunch. It's a good time it. as well, yeah. It's nice. There's definitely uh, a, a logic to this uh, American sport trying to, to branch out into large markets by uh, making everyone happy. Um, yeah. But maybe that's just a little bit of a biased opinion coming from left field. <laughs> maybe a wee bit. Um, I, could, I could sit and gush about Khabib, man. I've always liked him. I've always thought he's amazing. Uh, he's always been quite an inspiration as well. As a person who, you know, does have faith. I know it's a different sort of faith, but just kind of seeing someone like that and it's not even only about the faith part you know it's more about just seeing a person who uh, he's so committed like you're saying he's so committed to his ideals he's so committed to his beliefs he's not he's never half-assed anything he's never you know put on a front about anything he seems like the most genuine guy you can imagine you know what i mean because he doesn't seem like he just he seems to put himself out there and you know exactly what he's like by his works. You know what I mean? It's it's just he's just quite like you were saying earlier. He just seems like a different level of a person. The men, I yeah. mean, even I don't know if you said he apparently broke his foot three weeks before. Yeah, the fight. I did actually. Yeah, I forgot to bring that. Up. Yeah, I saw saw um, something on Twitter about that. So Dana said something about what was it? Four weeks out or three weeks out? Broke his foot or something? Yeah. Bon- bonkers, man. Now people are going to say Conor McGregor. No excuse when he fought Khabib because Khabib fought each other broken foot. You know what I mean? But. No, nah, man, I could gush about Khabib all day. He's just such, such an inspiration in different ways, man. And he's he's just uh, he's got that. He's, I know he's got the aura of being, you know, the the guy from the war torn mountain place, and he's born for this kind of thing. But like a person like that is really special. Someone who's so just devout to their training, their personal beliefs. They're so just such a solid person. You know, you know why you can see why he's loved. And you know, if I was a Muslim, I'd be gushing even more. I'm sure he's a huge you know, sports figure for the Muslim communities and stuff, so, you know, good for him, I'm, I'm so happy he got to just retire the way he wanted to retire, and I'm happy for Gaethje, man, because he was pure, if anyone's like a dog, he's, Gaethje's like a dog, he's like a golden <laughs> retriever, man, he's happy as Larry, I mean, he got choked in, he's like, well, you know, he's the yeah, no, great, cla- I'll be next. Classy as hell, to be fair, yeah, like, Get- I was, I was, it was when he was still basically fucking unconscious, he was down telling Khabib. Uh, he was sorry for the loss of his dad. It's like Jesus Christ, man! Could you be fucking any more honourable in the sport built around fighting? Jesus, everyone should aspire to have the those two's kind of outlook um, on life in general, not just when it comes to fighting. But yeah, I was I was super impressed by that. Like, it was I was like, is that fucking Gaethje? Oh fuck it, is Gaethje like on the floor with him as he's crying? It was like, yeah, yeah I, I, I like that. Um, 
and the kind of sportsmanship. The sportsmanship side of me loved that. I agree, man. The, the, you get so many hu- human moments in this sport, and that's one of them. Seeing a man who just got choked unconscious go to the guy who did it to him and go, oh my god, I'm so sorry about your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. You know, like lying with him as he cries. It's like, oh, it's insane. And it shows, like, I think they mentioned this, it shows you don't need to have trash talk to have some of the greatest fights of all time. You know, I mean, people will tune in. So it kinda, we could have another whole podcast about if trash talk's necessary in the sport, you know. But I think that would be quite fun. <laughs> I'd like, we'll, like to go down that route and have that conversation. We'll put it on the you shelf. Would, you would never win that debate, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You'll do nothing.